for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, your host, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. Welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee, our weekly morning excursion into thoughtful discussion and broadcast excellence. Welcome to the show. It is 7.08 a.m. on your Saturday morning, Saturday, December the 12th, 2020. Goodness gracious, December is quickly flying by. Christmas will be here before you know it. I can't say I'll be sad to see 2020 in the rearview mirror, but I'm sure most of you feel the same way. It's Saturday morning coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee, and join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things happening in our world, all the things that we think you need to know. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we're all about limited government and lower taxes because that means more freedom for you and me and all of us who are we the people. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we understand that we have a country to save and it starts right here, right now at the local level. So let's get to it. Settle in with that cup of coffee, uh, your newspaper, if you still get one of those and join us as we get your Saturday morning going. Joined here in the studio, as always, by producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, what's that <laughs> sweatshirt Dye. you got on this morning? NBC. Are you uh, are you trolling, actually, for, no, this was are a, you trolling um, for the legacy media this, today? This was actually a Super Bowl uh, gift. You know, it was in your uh, gift bag at the Super swag. Bowl. A little swag from yeah, the NBC Super Bowl Sports. Swag. Yeah. What Super Bowl uh, was that? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. You, yeah. I should have told you I was going to ask you about that. That's yeah. a fine-looking jacket. It's actually it was a little chilly this morning, but yeah. it'll come off here momentarily. little nip in the yeah. air. It is December, after all. So you got your Christmas shopping done? No. 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 Well, we're, we're, we're like-minded men then. We, we need to get it done. We've, uh, it, it looks like two weeks. We're late. Yeah, we're up. 26 in two weeks from today. I, I had a a friend who always uh, calls me on uh, two days before Christmas. She calls on December 23rd. Have you done your Christmas shopping <laughs> yet? <laughs> I'm not a last minute guy by no means, yeah. but uh, I will not, I will not go to the mall this year. Um, I have no interest in going out to yeah. the, the stores. Uh, most of my stuff will be done online. Yeah. Whatever by uh, my wife has been doing the uh, Amazon uh, routine and it you know it kind of makes me sad frankly because i am concerned about the amount of uh economic power that tech and amazon are mm -hmm. amassing yeah but at the moment i just don't see any real alternative why would you go to the mall these days in the midst of a pandemic when you can so easily just sit at your computer and the stuff comes to you and it's contactless i mean why, and, why would you go to the mall? and i can find everything i want yeah you yeah, know online yeah. um so, now, I can imagine if you want to try on some clothes and you want to see how something looks, uh, you know, to me, buying clothes online is still a little, feels a little weird. But I, I even do that. You know, I still, I mean, if I know, like I've, I'll find a shirt that I like mm -hmm. online 
And then when I need another, I mean, a white button down or a blue button down. I mean, just really. like the way it yeah. fits. Yeah. And- you find one you like and. When you need them, you just click. But I am still frequenting uh, Costco and Sam's Club. <laughs> I mean, you can't, I, I can't help yeah. it. Um, I, I belong to both, and both offer different, um, <laughs> actually, experiences yeah. uh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. A different crowd at Costco than there is at Sam's Club. I'm, I'm a Costco fan. I am, I, too. I, 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 I go to Sam's, but I like, uh, I like Costco. So we invite you guys to uh, join the show today. Tell us how you're doing this Christmas season. Season, If you've done uh, your Christmas shopping, of course, you can always join us on the uh, text line at the uh, PCRXcomputers.com text line. That, no- that number is 843-798-8255. That's uh, 798-TALK. And uh, several, several of you already checking in this morning. Um, got a call in line if you want to join the show and Talk the good old-fashioned way by phone. That number is 843-903-2945. You can tweet your comments to us at at Reese Boyd is the Twitter handle. Also, feel free to email the show. You can email the show at SMC at gmail.com. You can also reach your humble host during ordinary, normal business hours. The number at the offices of Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law is 843-839-9800 and i've heard i've heard from a few of you over the last couple of weeks i can't go into detail but always nice to hear from you guys at the office and talk to you not all of you are uh sufficiently awake on saturday mornings to talk we get that so we appreciate hearing from you uh whenever you feel like it always welcome those calls love to hear from uh, our listeners and by the way i want to remind you guys that uh speaking of uh not being awake if you happen to miss a show as always you can catch us on the podcast We're getting quite a few downloads on the podcast glenn it's an interesting little phenomenon i get you know the neat thing about the podcast is i get metrics you know there's somebody right. there's somebody in australia who listens to the show awesome yeah i mean i'm like what in australia how do you find Saturday morning coffee in Australia? But somebody well, they are down with you in the down under, they're, buddy. They're down, they're down with us in the down under. So if you are listening, I've, I've, I've said this once before, if you're listening in Australia or if you're listening anywhere outside the United States, call the show now. I realize it's what, like, you know, 11 p.m., I guess, <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. In, uh, in Australia. But if you are in Australia, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you, of course. As I said just a moment ago, the numbers, uh, you'll have to dial the international plus one, but or zero one, I guess. But the call-in line again is 843-903-2945. And, of course, the show is broadcast uh, 7 to 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. So you'll have to set your watch accordingly. But we would love to hear from you. Uh, from outside the borders of these United States, and uh, how you found us, and how you like the show. Ah, Tim the guard, t- uh, Tim the car detail guy, uh, just chimed in that he is drinking San Francisco Bay Fog Chaser. Now that's from Amazon, but yep. I've had that actually. Mm-hmm. That's not really a a, a pod like a um, a Keurig pod. It's almost got like a little woven basket. Uh, I don't know what do you call that. It's a it's a it's a filter on the yep. bottom of it. And they're recyclable, um, and you can buy them at Costco. The only drawback is it has to stay in a bag in order to stay fresh. You can't just put it in a holder like your Keurig. Oh, really? And it's yeah. called what? Uh, Fog Chaser. San Francisco oh, Bay yeah. Fog Chaser. Sounds Great like name a, for a coffee. Sounds like a hearty yeah. breed. You know, it's funny. I'm sitting here drinking, and I was going to ask you what your uh, cafe du jour is I am, today. I am drinking Costco. Costco. And I grabbed, I was uh, running a little behind this morning, so I grabbed a pod, speaking of pods. 
And when I, I brewed the coffee, and I didn't, didn't even really look at it, and I'm like, what kind of coffee is my wife buying? And I'd totally forgotten that she didn't brew the coffee this morning. I just grabbed a pot, threw it in the, in the, in the Keurig, and, right. and hit brew. And it's, uh, it's Starbucks French Roast, which... I like that. It's okay, but it's, it's not really my favorite. But uh, I'm like, what, what kind of coffee did my wife buy this week? But um, anyway, we wanted to remind you guys about the podcast. If you will also follow us on Twitter... You'll get an automatic notification when the uh, podcast episodes are published. want to remind you guys to check out uh, Rumble and Parler, uh, the censorship onslaught at, uh, on the big tech platforms continues. Those of you who love freedom, we want to in- continue to encourage you to check out Parler and Rumble. Uh, I'm on Parler, Reese Boyd 3, follow me there. And uh, you'll get a lot of the, what we talk about here on the show, you'll be able to check out on social media. Thanks for uh, joining us, folks. Margaret, the uh, lawyer, Will, down at Coastal Sports. Tim, as uh, Glenn said, checking in. Al, the real man, checking in. Uh, Welcome, folks, to Saturday Morning Coffee. Stick with us. So much to talk about this morning, and we'll be right back after these words. Don't leave town. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. And more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's attorney Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour here on WTKN. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law here in Myrtle Beach. These are certainly trying and uncertain times for individuals, families, and businesses here along the Grand Strand. Please know that our team of professionals at Davis and Boyd stands ready to assist you with all of your personal and business legal needs. So if we can assist you in Anyway, give us a call at 839-9800. That's Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. Hi, this is Charlie Stewart from State Farm Insurance. Call us anytime for insurance needs with your homeowners, your autos, your life insurance. Our phone number is 843-249-7066. Charlie Stewart will show you how something as simple as combining your car and home policies could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Because being there to help keep more of your money is when Charlie Stewart is here. Like a good neighbor, Charlie Stewart State Farm is there. Hey, everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, talking with Greg Sisson. Greg is the principal at the Greg Sisson Team Remax First Choice Real Estate. How long have you been in the real estate business? I started in real estate full-time in 1997, and our company is is really structured where we can serve the client at a high level, so we've really streamlined it to make it simple and easy for our clients. Our market is red hot. Kind of the perfect storm for home sellers right now in the Grand Strand. Greg, if folks want to get in touch with you at your office, how can they do that? Really, my cell phone is the best way. It's 843-251-2693. And then our website is gregsisson.com. Check us out there as well. If you are a seller today and you're thinking about it, it, it would make sense to give me a call. Remax First Choice, the Greg Sisson team, real estate experts here in Myrtle Beach, ready to help you with your real estate needs. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Milo is your best friend. He's your second cousin. All roads lead to he's the rising sun. Milo is a long, long way from home yet. Milo is a name you won't forget. Milo, I haven't met yet. 
morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 719 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sharing it with us. Here in, here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we uh, help you get your Saturday morning off on the right foot. Uh, so much to talk about today, but before we get into the news, I want to share a quick shout-out to our uh, good friends at Coastal Carolina. Um, I neglected to highlight uh, the Coastal Carolina football team last week on the show, and I just want to say, um, wow, what a season. Uh, Coastal Carolina, of course, wraps up its regular season schedule today with a game uh, versus Troy. The game is at Troy. Uh, But uh, what a game last week, the contest with Brigham Young. Man. I know a couple people that were there. Yeah. said it was amazing. We do, too. What a a football game. One of the best games, uh, clearly one of the best games of the year. I would say one of the best games I've seen in the last five years easily. And uh, just, uh, I mean, I don't like games. I don't know. You may uh, disagree with me on this. I don't like games that end on the clock. You know, I don't like like games that, I, I mean, I just like, it's like, Football should be like wrestling. You know, the end should be like a smackdown, you know. But if a game ends on the clock, that to me is a little bit anticlimactic. But the clock is there for a reason. The game cannot go on forever. There has to be a start. There has to be an end. And if you're marching down the field at the end and you don't get to get there because you run out of time, guess what? You ran out of time. You didn't didn't manage the clock. So it was a a win is a win. Did Did you watch the game? I did not. It was a great game, man. It was awesome. Just a, I did see highlights. Of yeah, it. one of the best. One of the best. So congratulations to uh, Coastal Carolina, who remains the only undefeated football team in South Carolina. It's amazing. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. I can remember when they expanded the um, we uh, expanded the stadium at Coastal mm-hmm. Carolina, mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, the stadium is named after a gentleman, uh, Bob Brooks, local businessman extraordinaire. Uh, uh, influential guy and uh, founder of the Hooters, or not maybe a fa- one of the founders, yeah, one of the central Hooters founders of the Hooters Corporation, and just a you know really uh, fascinating uh, that we've been able to do so much in just a few years with a football program at a relatively small school at the time when they started the football program. I think a lot of folks were like, eh, mm-hmm. you know, this is going to be interesting, but they just what a fabulous job. Uh, the school has done. And great uh, facilities. Yeah, great yeah. facilities. And one of the best games, I mean, not just uh, coastal games, but one of the best games ever that I've seen in the last several years. Bobby the Vapor checking in. He agrees with me. Best game they have played since moving up to the FBS was there on the 45-yard line. Oh, good that, for you, good Bobby. Good for you, Bobby. Happy to hear that. Man, that was just, oh, incredible stuff. Good stuff. Love Love the chance. So uh, congratulations, guys. Keep up the great work, and good luck uh, today with Troy. And uh, hopefully we'll finish off the regular season undefeated. So, otherwise, the um, uh, big news of the day, of course, is that the Supreme Court has weighed in and decided not to hear the uh, now uh, widely discussed and famous lawsuit that the Texas Attorney General had brought challenging uh, election procedures in four of the swing states or several of the swing states uh, based on various uh, theories, primarily that Texas theoretically had been harmed by other states messing up the presidential election. You know, interesting a theor- theory, and we had talked, we, we talked about this on Friday on the Liz Show. I was here with Liz and Nick, and uh, one of the, que- there are two questions. Um, a, 
could the court hear the case? That's the first question. The, the, the second question is, will the court hear the case? And one of the things that people need to understand, courts are not obligated to hear every case that they are legally able to hear. There's generally discretion. Usually what happens anytime you file a lawsuit in court, almost always the first thing that happens is the defendant files a motion to dismiss. And the court may say, mm, this case can go forward. Or the court may say, eh, you know, you've, you've, you just haven't stated a claim. You haven't stated a legal cause of action that we can do anything with. We were discussing this on Friday on Liz's show, and it, was, it seems clear to me. I mean, the Constitution clearly gives the Supreme Court original jurisdiction. That means the case can start in the Supreme Court. So the, the Supreme Court has original jurisdiction in the context of legal disputes that arise between the states. I mean, that is unambiguous. So the fact that the Supreme Court could hear the case is is open and, and shut in my book. They do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, they, they rule on cases that... Sure. I mean... You typically, you know, cases between the states typically arise in the context of water rights, uh, rivers that flow right. between states, and, you know, the upstream state starts uh, sucking too much water out of the lake or the river, and suddenly the river runs dry and farmers downstream get really ticked. And so, you know, South Carolina, and actually South Carolina, I believe, has sued North Carolina uh, in the past over, and it also uh, can arise boundary disputes, uh, right. how lines are drawn. Um, you know, the survey is based on a tree, the tree dies. I mean, these things crop up over time. So yeah, there, these kind of disputes happen with some regularity and the S Supreme Court can clearly hear them. There's no question that the Supreme Court can hear them. As, as we talked about on Friday with, with Liz and Nick, there's really three questions. A, can the court hear the case? B, will the court choose to exercise its jurisdiction and accept the case? And then C, is there any legally valid, you know, claim for which there is a remedy that the court can grant? And, and, I, and I said, you know, I, I told the, 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 I said on the air Friday, I said, look, I, th I think the court will hear the case, but whether the court will, will, is able to hear the case, whether the court will choose to hear it is a different question. And then the third question, is there a legal remedy that the court is going to dole out? Is the court going to wade into this issue and, and reverse the election procedures in several states such that the outcome of the presidential election is going to be reversed. And I was very skeptical, you know, I, I, I uh, would have been too, but also, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of hope out there. Um, yeah, that this can get overturned. I mean, there's a lot of passion involved with this. Oh, sure. I mean, and we've got a special segment coming up. Uh, we've got a little, uh, prognostication segment, Glenn, and I'll say this, you know, I, 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 some folks have taken me to task because I've been a little bit realistic. You and I, I think, are kind of mm -hmm. like-minded yeah. on this. I'm not giving up hope. I have great hope, and I'm, I'm as hopeful now as I have ever been, A, be, a because my, my hope ultimately is in Christ, and that hope, that hope does not rise or fall based on elections. Right. But ultimately, I'm as hopeful for this country as, as I can be because I know ultimately that there are still 80 million Americans who love and cherish freedom. And those people aren't going away, and they're not going to change their minds anytime soon. Right. And as long as those people are here, 
we have a kernel, we have a resistance. We have a kernel of uh, freedom. And, we, and, 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 and so the cradle of freedom is still the cradle of freedom. And uh, so whatever happens in this election, uh, we can take confidence in that. And the question then becomes, how do we move forward? What do we do going forward? But, you know, the, the bottom line is that all of these legal remedies, and, and on Friday they were like, well, there's historical precedent for this. There's historical precedent for this. And I'm like, well, no, there's not really. I mean, when has the Supreme Court intervened in multiple elections in multiple states in one case in a manner that reversed the outcome of a national election? Uh, never. Never. Yeah. It's never happened. There <laughs> is no historical precedent for that. Right. And then, so these people who keep saying oh, there's historical precedent for that. And I mean, and, and Don Bowne is going to be on the show a little bit later. And Don's going to be joining us. And uh, Don said on the air, he said, that, you know, there's historical precedent. I don't think there's not historical precedent for specifically what the Texas AG was asking for Man. and what the legal implications of that relief would have been. Basically, the Supreme Court would have said these elections were invalid, so we're sending it back to the legislature for you guys to elect your electors and ignore the vote in these states. That's, I think that's the specific relief. I think the Supreme Court theoretically could have said, we want new elections in Pennsylvania, new elections in Wisconsin, Michigan, etc. But that just wasn't going to happen. That was never going to be in the cards. For one thing, courts, one thing I've, I've learned as a lawyer, courts are always hesitant to order things that they don't think they can enforce. And so if the Supreme Court says, we want a new election in Michigan, well, they've got to be able to enforce that. You know, and that's a, so the, 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 the idea that the court was going to order new elections, and frankly, even if the court was going to say, you legislatures in Pennsylvania and Michigan select your electors, I mean, frankly, those guys have that ability. The Constitution right. says they have that ability. They should just do that if that's what they want to do. They should just do that, and they shouldn't rely on the Supreme Court to tell them to do that. If the, if the Pennsylvania legislature thinks that the election was fraudulent, they should call a special session and do something about it. But a lot, lot to unpack there, a lot going on. But the bottom line is the Supreme Court not going to intervene in the Texas uh, lawsuit, not going to re reverse uh, the results of those swing state elections, not going to send those results uh, into the legislatures. So we've got to figure out what's going to happen with that. A lot to unpack. We'll try to do that during today's show. All that and more, lots coming up. As I mentioned, Don Bowne's going to join us. So stick with us. A lot to talk about here on Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. After these words from our sponsors, we'll be right back. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. 
Hey, everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, talking with Greg Sisson at the Greg Sisson Team Remax First Choice Real Estate. Thank you, Reese. Super excited to be on board. Uh, I do believe uh, we can bring some information that will serve your audience here, so I'm excited about that. Greg, if folks want to get in touch with you at your office, how can they do that? Really, my cell phone is the best way. It's 843-251-2693. My email is greg at gregsisson.com. That's the website, gregsisson.com. <laughs> oh God! Not again! Marty, you've got to come back with me. No, no, no more time travel. You didn't clone me again, did you? <clears throat> no, no. This time we have to go back to the past. Why? To get more 18 sear heating and air systems. We didn't buy enough. Well, of course we didn't. You're selling them for the price of a 14 sear system. Yeah, because an 18 sear system is quieter than a 14 sear and ultra energy efficient. So why are you selling them for so little? Because almost everyone prefers the 18 sear, Marty. So it's time to pull off another Christmas miracle. Let's roll. An 18 sear for the 14 sear price is a miracle. And with our holiday financing, you get this deal with zero down and low monthly payments. Wait, there's no road. Roads will improvise. While they last, get an 18-seer system for the 14-seer price at OneHourMagic.com. Who'd have thought a thorough cleaning would be so scientific and detailed in 2020? Well, we would. Hi, everyone. It's Karina with the Cleanup Club. We don't just clean. We clean thoroughly and completely. We clean homes, offices, businesses. The Cleanup Club can clean once a week, once a month, or whatever makes sense for you. Sanitized, disinfected, that's what we do all the time. Cleaning is our business. Give us a call at 843-593-2158 or go online at thecleanupclub.com. Now, more than ever, we need the South's grandest Christmas show. Myrtle Beach's number one show at the Alabama Theater. Christmas is happening now at the Alabama Theater. Get your tickets, bring your family. Call 843-272-1111. Christmas at the Alabama Theater. It's a giant spectacle of lights, dancing, singing, and the magic of Christmas. celebrate the reason for the season. Call for your tickets to the Alabama Theater, 843-272-1111. Order online at alabama-theater.com. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour 7:34 on your saturday morning thanks for joining us here on the show hospital food getting you down a little something for the pain i think we all need a little something for the pain these days 
Uh, right. How about 70 degrees today? Will that help your that'll pain? That'll help. That'll help the pain. Starting 70 degrees. Right now and going up to 70. No rain today. Not bad at all. 70 tomorrow. Cloudy, but only 20%. That'll come in the later evening. A little something for the pain. Get outside. Enjoy this weather, folks. It is uh, a beautiful weekend. It doesn't feel like December when it's 70 degrees outside. It, it but doesn't enjoy. seem like winter in Myrtle Beach. No, it, it, it never does. It, it, it never really se- seems completely like Christmas around here. We, we, we had like two cold days yeah. last year. Yeah. This is a great place to live. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, just before the break, we were talking about the situation with the Supreme Court. And interesting, only, and I thought there would be more, frankly, but only, uh, I believe, uh, Justice Alito... And Justice Thomas were interested in hearing of the Texas case, which is a little, you know, uh, less than, mm, you know, I have mixed feelings about it, frankly. You know, Ben Shapiro, I was listening to last night, and he said that conservatives should be comfortable with this. He thinks the Texas dispute was a mistake and that people who believe in federalism, people who believe that elections are the province of the states, uh, should say, no, this is not something that we should encourage the court to wade into, that we're just, in fact, encouraging more judicial activism, which is something we, as conservatives, generally do not like. And I, tend, I do agree with that little bit of it, but I actually disagree with Ben. I think Ben's wrong on this particular point because this is clearly an area where there is clear constitutional jurisdiction. The Constitution clearly says the Supreme Court can hear disputes between the states. And I do think that this is one of those instances where a state that runs its elections fairly and transparently and cleanly is legitimately harmed if there's another state in the union that completely throws away their electoral vote by running elections that are uh, flawed, uh, not uh, without integrity and where there is rampant uh, illegal voting. I think uh, that that old saying that your legal vote is canceled out by a, a, a legal vote is counted in the same manner as an illegal vote. So that illegal vote cancels out your vote. You've been harmed by that. And so Texas voters were harmed. And because Texas voters were harmed, Texas was harmed. I think Texas can serve as a legal proxy for its voters in that particular instance. And it's fair to say that there's a legitimate legal dispute between Texas and those states that made a complete mess of their elections. And and why should states not be incentivized to run free and fair elections? Folks, Free and fair elections is a baseline. If we don't have free, open, fair elections, then we don't have a republic. And if we don't have a republic, then nothing else matters. But nonetheless, all that notwithstanding, Ben Shapiro's wrong. The court should have at least taken the case up. It's not necessarily a bad idea. Yeah, I get it. There's, you know, one other area that we're encouraging the Supreme Court to step into, but this is actually an area where federalism doesn't necessarily control. There is a role for the federal Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, to play in disputes between the states, and I think this is one of them where there was a dispute uh, that the court should have at least heard the case and uh, at least let them air it out, so to speak. President Trump responded to the ruling Friday, uh, or excuse me, this he responded 
What did he respond? This is December 12, but he responded to the order rejecting uh, Texas, the Supreme Court order rejecting Texas' bid to challenge the 2020 election results in four battleground states. He said, the Supreme Court really let us down. No wisdom, no courage, Trump wrote in a statement on Twitter following the top court's ruling. So you're the president of the United States and you just went through an election where you got more votes than any sitting president in history by far, and you purportedly lost. You can't get standing before the Supreme Court, so you intervene with the wonderful states that, after careful study and consideration, think you got screwed, something which will hurt them also. And he's right. Many others likewise join the suit, but with a flash, it is thrown out and gone without even looking at it and the many reasons that it was brought. A rigged election fight on. Um, Earlier that evening, the nation's top court had handed down an order that disappointed, that's Friday evening, that disappointed many Americans who were hoping that the justices would shed some light on the ongoing dispute over the integrity of the 2020 election. The court opined that Texas did not have legal standing or the right to sue under the Constitution because it has not shown a valid interest to intervene in how other states handle their elections. Uh, Texas has not shown a judicially cognizable harm, is the wording of the court, and, um, or an interest in the manner in which another state conducts its elections. And as I have said, and as I will say again, I disagree with that assessment. Justice Sam Alito issued a separate statement to say that he would have granted Texas' request to sue but not the preliminary injunction. Texas had requested injunctive relief, freezing the certification of the elections. Uh, So Alito wouldn't have gone that far, and I didn't think any of the justices were probably going to go that far, but I at least thought they would hear the case. So, Who's going to fix this mess? We, We have all these different states voting differently. We have electronic voting, we have paper voting, we have mail-in voting, we have absentee voting. Why aren't we consistent in all the states? I understand the states have the right and, and to have elections the way that they see fit, but why, why can't somebody just come in and fix this? Well, well we're going to have to. I don't, I don't understand an acceptable amount of fraud. That statement just doesn't make sense to me. It, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Well, and the thing that we have said many times on this show, Glenn, is there is no such thing as a perfect election. Any, but there should be. You know, in this day and age, there really should be, there don't should you think? Be. I mean, but it's like even even this week, you, you'll notice there have been uh, blurbs that have come out of New York. Oh, we just found 24 ballots. Oh, we just found 18 ballots. Well, you know, your question becomes... Where do you find these ballots? Mm-hmm. Where are these ballots? Where do you been hiding them? Have they been hanging out in a suitcase under a table that you forgot about? Yeah. I mean, really. But the point is, if you look at it, if you study, uh, if you study systems, if you just look at uh, logistics, if you look at, if you just look at human, you know, endeavor, the organization of systems. Any time, hundred and fifty million people get to get together to try to do one thing. There are going to be some mistakes, you know. If I mean, we could line up 150 million people and say we want you guys to fall off a log, and some people are going to mess that up. I mean, it doesn't right. really matter how easy the task is. If you do it 150 million times, 
odds are there's going to be some mistakes. Well, non, non-hackable systems, I think, would be the first place to start. Uh, so it, you, like you said, we were connected to the Internet. Yeah. Our voting machines yeah. are connected to the Internet. Now, that's my own observation. Yeah. And, I, and, I'm, and, and actually, I want to get Sandy to uh, uh, come on the show over at the Election Commission at some point and, and help me understand. But, yes, I, as I have said, those of you listening may not know, I worked at one of the polling locations, and one of the first things we did at the polling location was set up our MiFi hotspot. And when I, and I first I thought, well, what is this? And I plugged it in and it's just a Verizon wireless hotspot. It's like off the shelf hardware. And I'm like, well, how is this safe? You know, how is this secure? Secure. Uh, Because, you know, this is just, I mean, I plugged it in and it said Verizon wireless. So we were going in right over the same network that everybody else uses and the polls, the polling machines in that location, just like every other location, we're using a local Wi-Fi network to collect it, to connect to that hotspot, and there connect to the uh, everybody, election. Commission. Everybody knows local hotspots are yeah. not hackable, right? Oh no, of course not. Uh, Andy Thompson wants to know: Is that the end of the line with no Supreme Court hearing? Well, that is the end, Andy, for the that particular case brought by the Texas Attorney General. Um, there are. A few other cases uh, that are pending, but I mean, realistically, uh, as and you heard the president say, the president had said this case is the big one. Okay, so the 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 loss, the fact that the Supreme Court isn't even going to hear this case is is a very large uh, setback for the president. And but there are some other things pending. The Trump, um, the. the Wisconsin Supreme Court is set to hear a recount appeal today. That's in Wisconsin. Um, there are a couple of other uh, appeals that we still have the Georgia case that has been appealed. Um, that case is pending. That case does have a significant impact on Georgia. But again, Georgia alone is not going to be sufficient uh, to flip the election. We need Georgia. We need, we need a few states. We really need the four swing states. But um, So the Georgia case still pending. There are a few cases that Sidney Powell has filed, the Kraken, the infamous Kraken suits, uh, which, frankly, at this point, they look to rely a lot on, on, on a fair amount of supposition um, and the speculation that the machines are flawed and, therefore, uh, the elections are, you know, not... Uh, suitable to be uh, relied upon uh, that's just frankly not going to carry the day so uh, it's not looking good Um, so but yeah it's not completely over there are technically some cases still pending but there's no real legal path uh, to victory for the president at this juncture in my estimation but uh, folks that music means it's time to uh, head out and uh, listen to a few words from our sponsors take a little obscene profit timeout, and after those messages we'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee stick with us local news and more the Reese Boyd radio hour is now two full hours 
More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's attorney Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour here on WTKN. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law here in Myrtle Beach. These are certainly trying and uncertain times for individuals, families, and businesses here along the Grand Strand. Please know that our team of professionals at Davis and Boyd stands ready to assist you with all of your personal and business legal needs. So if we can assist you in any way, give us a call at 839-9800. That's Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. Are you stressed? In pain? Suffer with arthritis? Hi, I'm Dr. Crilly with Grand Strand Health and Wellness. We're dedicated to bettering your quality of life with expert chiropractic services. At Grand Strand Health and Wellness, you'll always experience personalized service and comprehensive care, whether it's for a sports-related injury or chronic pain. At our state-of-the-art facility, we're dedicated to delivering results and changing your life for the better. Pain isn't something you have to get used to. For more information, go to GrandStrandChiropractic.com. Vernon Wolf here with Carolina Cool. As the weather changes, we continue to hear news of the coronavirus and the flu. While the guidelines continue to encourage hand washing and sanitizing services, indoor air filtration technology has been a growing part of these conversations. Carrier has long been a leader in indoor air filtration with the Infinity Air Purifier. This device has a patented germicidal technology that is so effective it captures and kills 99% of airborne pathogens, including coronavirus. It is literally the same technology used in many hospitals. Carolina Cool's team of advisors can show you this and other options to safeguard your home. Turn to the experts and Carolina Cool. Now that's cool and clean. Carolina Cool, that's cool. Hi, this is Scott Richards for Advanced Power Wash of Myrtle Beach. We have been in our house for 20 years, and we recently cut back some hedges, and I realized, boy, this house is a mess. So I got in touch with my friend, Sean Gibson. Sean is the owner and proprietor of Advanced Power Wash of Myrtle Beach. This guy is amazing. Sean's going to come out and clean our house, low pressure, high cleaning, it's going to take less than a day, and it will look better than new. I am absolutely convinced. Get started, advancedpowerwashmb.com. Summer may be winding down, but it's still way too hot to mow that lawn. As we approach fall, Mobot's got your back. It's Mobot of Myrtle Beach, an environmentally friendly robotic lawnmower service. Really, Mobot mows your lawn on its own. No gas, totally green, totally automated, and quiet, too. Costs less than a traditional lawn service. Want to learn more? Google Mobot Myrtle Beach. Set up a no-obligation consultation. Mobot Myrtle Beach. The grass is always greener on your side of the fence. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. That's great. It starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes and airplane. Lenny Bruce is not a brain. I have a hurricane. Listen to yourself, turn. Come and do what it'll do, save yourself, serve yourself, world serve yourself. 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.50 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sharing it with us. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. You know, Glenn, that could be the theme song for 2020, don't you think? Yeah. That's not just the coronavirus update. That is the theme song for 2020. It is the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine, at least for the moment. And uh, so that means it is time for another coronavirus update, folks. But before we uh, move to coronavirus, Glenn, I wanted to say one thing, because you asked an excellent question uh, before the break about this election. And I think one of the lessons here, and, you know, one of the things I've been saying for several weeks now is let's, you know, the, the battle is no longer just about November 3rd. The battle is now about how do we make sure that this never happens again? Democracy. It's about the the our country moving forward and not being taken over by people that can manipulate the system. Yeah, because if if we don't fix this problem, this is a watershed moment. This is a moment where every American is going to have to stand up and be counted. This is an issue that is non-negotiable. And this is a a moment where compromise is not an option. If we don't have free and fair elections, we don't have a country. Mm -mm. I mean that, that that's there's no if there's no caveat there's no but I we mean, will have that's a, it if we, we will have a king yeah. or a queen and, and we will not have president anymore exactly so we've got to fix this my my personal view of it and I think the president I think he's he's actually moving to appoint a special counsel if the attorney general will do his part that is another question uh, but the president has already made a motion. Um, to perhaps appoint a special counsel to look at this election and to look at uh, fraud and and so that we can identify ways to prevent it. But the bottom line is, I I think you're going to have to vote in person. You're going to have to vote in person, and you're going to have to get a paper ballot. And we're going to have to count. uh, I mean, look at other countries. In Israel, they don't have computer systems for voting. Now, granted, they're much smaller than us. Canada. Canada. The right UK, there. The U.K., they don't use these systems because they know they're fallible mm-hmm. and they're hackable. Any computer system, I, I don't care how secure you think it is, folks, any, any computer system is hackable. If they want your stuff, they're going to get your stuff. We could learn a lot of valuable lessons from our neighbors in the north, Canada. We really could. And so I think there's got to be a paper ballot. It's got to be matched with some sort of biometric data or even just a plain old thumbprint. We've talked about that. Hmm. And so there's a biometric record that goes with the vote. You know, we've got blockchain technology. This is not impossible to accomplish. But there needs to be a hard copy vote that is in the system and exists, and it needs to continue to exist until all the counting has been done and all the recounts and all the audits and all the lawsuits are settled. Right. And, and that's one thing. If you've, got, if, if you've got 150 million thumbprints, then you know you had 150 million votes. And you know, theoretically, I'm, I'm thinking the ways you could cheat that, but yeah, theoretically, if you've got 150 million thumbprints, you know 150, 150 million people voted. Yeah. And you can compare those to make sure that none of those are duplicates, theoretically. I'm, I'm, speaking, I'm sort of speaking ahead of myself. But the bottom line is, folks, we've got to fix this. And we've got to fix this now. We've got a narrow window in which we need to fix this. 
because we can't ever let this happen again. This election was a dumpster fi- a dumpster fire of an election. So we we got to prevent that from uh, from happening. So that that is non-negotiable. And if we don't have free and fair elections, uh, we don't have a country. But uh, let's go uh, to the coronavirus update, Glenn, quick. Uh, and I know we've got uh, Tom holding on the line. Hang on, Tom. We'll get to you. And uh, Americans get a stern holiday warning. No Christmas parties. So they tried to cancel Thanksgiving. They're going to do their best to cancel Christmas. This from Reuters, a top coronavirus advisor to the president-elect Joe Biden, delivered a stern holiday message to Americans on Thursday. No Christmas parties. No Christmas parties. And warned they face a COVID-19 siege for weeks to come, despite the latest moves toward approval of a vaccine. The next three to six weeks at minimum are our COVID weeks, Dr. Michael Osterholm a member of Biden's coronavirus task force told CNN it won't end after that, but that's the period right now where we could have surge upon surge upon surge. Osterholm stressed that it would be several months before the nation sees widespread availability of vaccines. The first of which cleared a key U S regulatory hurdle on Thursday panel of outside advisors at the U S FDA voted overwhelmingly to recommend emergency use authorization of a vaccine developed by Pfizer Inc and its German partner, BioNTech SE. FDA approval is expected within days, paving the way for mass inoculation campaign unparalleled in U.S. history to be launched as early as next week. Preparations for the virus rollout are in full swing. But, folks, they're going to do their best uh, to cancel uh, Christmas, uh, just as they tried to cancel Thanksgiving. Now, bear in mind, marching in the streets and burning down uh, courthouses and civic centers is perfectly okay and represents no public health threat. So if you want to engage in that activity, then by all means, grab your Molotov cocktail and go. But if you want to have a Christmas party in your neighborhood, beware. Uncle Sam and Big Brother are watching you. Um, And so uh, there's another interesting little tidbit, evolution of the uh, uh, fight of coronavirus. They're now training dogs in... France to sniff out people with coronavirus. Apparently these dogs will smell your armpits and they can tell if you have the coronavirus while a vaccine for the corona, this from, what is this from? This is from studyfinds.org. This is uh, dogs trained to detect people infected with COVID-19 by sniffing their armpits. It is a terrible time to be a dog. Uh, it's a terrible time. It, Can you imagine a, having this job? And you don't have a choice. You, yeah. you don't get a choice not yeah. to sign up yeah. for that. Sniff Your up. owner just takes you. Yeah, <laughs> sniff away, <Yeah>. Pancho. <laughs> While a vaccine for the coronavirus will help us stop the pandemic spread, finding everyone who may be carrying the virus is still an issue. Luckily, man's best friend is now on the case. Researchers in France are helping to specially train dogs to detect people infected with COVID-19 by sniffing their armpits. So, now, now we can just train a dog to yeah. sniff somebody and tell if they're stupid or not. Yeah. Coming soon to an airport. Oh. Coming soon to an airport uh, near you. So, we've got some more coronavirus update. Want to get to the vaccine and some other issues uh, raised by the approval of the Pfizer vaccine. But let's uh, let's hear what Tom's got on his mind this morning. Morning, uh, Tom. Glenn. Morning, Tom. How? You, uh, morning, Tom. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning, guys. I'm on 31. It's a little loud on the roadbed. Anyway. Great football game, uh, giant slayers. I thought it was over in the first minute when they got that uh, when BYU got that touchdown. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That, that 
They have a small offensive line and a little tiny running back, and the guy's phenomenal. Oh, isn't he what great? A great game. Yeah. Yeah, and there and and the and even though the 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 mass, the weight, you know, the 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 line is not huge, they they dominated at the line, Tom. They dominated. Absolutely, it's amazing. So, well, all right, my friend. Thanks. Please, for the, yes. There's another uh, there's another mantra that the left has regarding voting, and it's called voting suppression. So any type of reform that you try to do or anybody tries to do, it's automatically voter suppression. And there's implicit uh, racism or whatever-ism. So I, 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 don't see the, I don't see it being reformed. I can't believe that you don't have to identify yourself in most states to vote. That's yeah. insane. Well, insane. It's, an, it's an excellent point, Tom. And, you know, I've heard people say on this radio station, and thanks for the call, by the way, Drive Safe. I've heard people say on this radio station that, uh, they're waiting for Democrats to stand up for election integrity. And I, my response to that is, uh, don't hold your breath. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I hate to be ugly about it, but who was it that sued in South Carolina to do away with the signature requirement? It was the Democrats. And we'll talk more about that. We've got to go to a hard break, folks. After the news, we'll be right back with the second hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. Stick with us. WTKN 94.5 Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach Talk everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour it is 807 on your saturday morning thanks for sticking with us it is the bonus second cup hour of saturday morning coffee just before the break at the top of the hour we were talking about our uh, coronavirus update and um, the uh, vaccine that had just been approved also uh, wanted to mention that the, uh, of course, the Food and Drug Administration on Friday night approved the first coronavirus ac- vaccine for emergency use in the U.S., as several media outlets have reported. This from Breitbart News, clearing the way for millions of Americans to begin vaccinating as early as next week. And the uh, vaccine from Pfizer and BioNTech, as we have said, will be reportedly shipped out in the millions across America. The United States joins other countries, including the U.K. and Canada, in approving the vaccine. The Pfizer vaccine is administered in two separate doses, weeks apart, and American officials have been preparing as the vaccine requires being frozen. Uh, so the shipment of the vaccine is a massive uh, undertaking. Pfizer has said the vaccine 
has a 95% effectiveness rate with no serious side effects. And of course, we've been joking about this, folks. I, I fully anticipate as a lawyer that uh, at some point in the future, we will be hearing and perhaps taping uh, commercials that say if you took the Pfizer vaccine and you suffer from blah, 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 hmm. don't hesitate to call. $40 billion has been set yeah. aside for 40, your claim. $40 trillion mm-hmm. have been set aside to ease <laughs> your pain and suffering. And, I, you know, it, it also questions me. It, 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 I, I think why, if the vaccine is 95% effective, riddle me this, Glenn. Dr. Die, put on your doctor hat. If the, if the vaccine is 99 point whatever, uh, let's, oh, let's just use Pfizer's number, 95% effective, mm-hmm. not even 99. If the, if the vaccine is 95% effective, but my chance of having a fatal reaction to a COVID exposure is well under 1%, what, am I really accomplishing anything by taking the it, virus? It doesn't sound like it, does it? It, it doesn't sound that way. And, uh, and, and so uh, the, the, the reality, folks, is this. Any undertaking, of, we're talking back, let's go back to human systems. Any undertaking with this many moving parts, and by that I mean the development of a novel coronavirus vaccine, any undertaking with that many moving parts that's conducted in nine months, there's going to be a mistake made. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a mistake. Or if we're lucky, it's a handful of mistakes. Right. If we're not lucky, it's dozens of mistakes. Now, I, if you were an older person, but it was presented to you. Now, I know this for a fact. And it was presented to you that, hey, here's a vaccine. Some of these older people are like, hell no, I ain't taking no vaccine. Oh, yeah. You know, they, Even, they look at it as they've made it this far without it, and they're afraid yeah. of that. I, I don't know if uh, I don't want to use the wrong words here, but where they're going to, you know, take out the eaters yeah. and not the contributors, you know. I mean, even among even among the high risk profiles, the demographics, the people who are 80, the people who are 70 and above. Right. Those folks have some trepidation, as you mm-hmm. said. And so, but for folks who are, you know, they're talking about testing the virus on children. And, and if you're 20, if you're less than 30, why, and your, your chance of A, contracting a symptomatic case and then becoming in any way seriously ill is so infinitesimally small right. as to be virtually ignorable. Right. Why you would take the virus in those circumstances, I, I, I don't understand. It just doesn't make any sense to me. By the way, other interesting point to point out about the rollout of the virus, and uh, I mentioned this to some people, and some people said I was crazy. And, of course, you guys know your humble host is many things, but crazy is not one of them. Um, there are widely discussed ideas about racial profiling in distribution of the coronavirus vaccine as it becomes available. And your government, in fact, has speculated that perhaps we should dole out the, vi- the virus vaccine first to those who are uh, Latino or African-American. And this comes to us, and, and I had heard little bits and pieces about this, but it really hasn't been covered in the mainstream media. This back from the August 19, 2020 issue of commentary, government must not assign 
a coronavirus vaccine by race. This article appeared also in the Bulwark on August 19, 2020. Federal Advisory Committee recommended priorities for the eventual distribution of a COVID-19 vaccine has floated a very bad idea. According priority to some beneficiaries over others because of their race. If implemented, the regime would very likely be struck down by the courts as unconstitutional. But aside from that, racial preferences on this question would constitute a dangerous betrayal of the neutrality and impartiality citizens have a right to expect uh, from their government. And yes, if you if you Google uh, the article, folks, and all you have to do is type into Google while you still can, um, these results no doubt will be filtered in the coming months. Uh, but if you Google today racial preferences in the distribution of coronavirus vaccine, uh, you'll get several articles. You'll get this article from the Bulwark that I've uh, just mentioned, the Bulwark, and also as reprinted in commentary. Then you'll also see an article that appeared that was uh, done by the Cato Institute and also a piece that appeared in Stat News, Health Experts Want to Prioritize People of Color for a COVID-19 vaccine, but how should it be done? Not whether it should be done, but how uh, should it be done? Folks, this is a terrible idea, uh, an absolutely horrifically awful, despicable, terrible idea. If I'm not clear, it's bad. Um, There's also an article that appeared October 14 in the, I don't believe this is, oh yeah, this is JAMA. This is uh, not an irreputable, not a publication of ill repute. This is the Journal of American Medical Association. This again, October 14. Is it lawful and ethical to prioritize racial minorities for COVID-19 vaccines? And after much uh, grinding and gnashing of teeth, the article reaches, in my estimation, the conclusion that, well, of course it's fine. Um, but just the question of how do you talk about it in the press is really what it amounts to. So this is a terrible idea, folks. We were talking about, and we've actually got on the stack today, don't know if we'll get to it, but how just in this political climate uh, and how, as a result of this November election, your country, uh, tis of thee, these United States of America are becoming increasingly divided uh, states of America. And one of the reasons I would submit to you that this nation is becoming increasingly divided is because there are certain organizations within the government, uh, the Democratic Party and others that for now, for decades, have pursued the politics of race, the politics of multiculturalism. They have pursued political ploys that play the race card. And sometimes, as Bill Clinton said, they even deal it from the bottom of the deck, but they have pursued policies that divide us. This is an awful policy. If you want this nation to be further divided on the basis of race, let your government start passing out virus vaccines, potentially life-saving treatments of any kind, to people giving preference based on the color of their skin. It's absurd that they would even want to do it that way, but they pursue, your government is continuing to pursue policies that don't unite us, uh, that divide us. And that's most unfortunate Folks, it's uh, Saturday morning coffee, and after this obscene profit timeout, we'll be back with more thoughtful discussion, I hope. Don Bowne is going to be joining us, and uh, so stick around. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Dr. Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. 
Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Motown 59. The show is back at the Asher Theater this Saturday, December 11th. Thrill to the music of Diana Ross and the Supremes, The Temptations, The Jackson 5, The Four Tops, Marvin Gaye, and more. As performed by Kayla Wilson from The Voice and Ian Davis, five-time winner at the Apollo. Get your tickets, ashertheater.com or call 843-903-3100. Social distancing with limited seating. Saturday, 7 p.m., Motown 59 at the Asher Theater. Hey, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, talking with Greg Sisson. Greg is the principal at the Greg Sisson Team Remax First Choice Real Estate. How long have you been in the real estate business? I started in real estate full-time in 1997, and our company is, is really structured where we can serve the client at a high level. So we've really streamlined it to make it simple and easy for our clients. Our market is red hot, kind of the perfect storm for home sellers right now in the Grand Strand. Greg, if folks want to get in touch with you at your office, how can they do that? Really, my cell phone is the best way. It's 843-251-2693. And then our website is gregsisson.com. Check us out there as well. If you are a seller today and you're thinking about it, it, it would make sense to give me a call. Remax First Choice, the Greg Sisson team, real estate experts here in Myrtle Beach, ready to help you with your real estate needs. For nearly a century, Conway Medical Center has been here to meet our community's growing healthcare needs. And in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic, our staff is on the front lines here to help protect you and your family. We need your help with the most important weapons we have to fight this virus. Practice social distancing, wear a mask in public, and wash your hands. Together, we can save lives. Conway Medical Center, here for you when you need us. PCRX. PCRX. We have the right prescription for your PC. When you have computer problems, your life stops, your work stops, everything stops. PCRX gets your computer and your life moving again. Diagnostics, consultation, virus removal, optimization. Call PCRX for PC service and repair in Conway. PCRX. PCRX is the way to go. Call 488 not again. Morty, you've got to come back with me. No, no, no more time travel. You didn't clone me again, did you? <clears throat> no, no, this time we have to go back to the past. Why? To get more 18-seer heating and air systems. We didn't buy enough. Well, of course we didn't. You're selling them for the price of a 14-seer system. Yeah, because an 18-seer system is quieter than a 14-seer and ultra energy efficient. So why are you selling them for so little? Because almost everyone prefers the 18-seer, Marty. So it's time to pull off another Christmas miracle. Let's roll. An 18-seer for the 14-seer price is a miracle. And with our holiday financing, you get this deal with zero down and low monthly payments. Wait, there's no road. Roads will improvise. While they last, get an 18-seer system for the 14-seer price. At OneHourMagic.com. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5.
Mama's got a squeeze box. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. It is 821 on your Saturday morning, and the Pennsylvania polka means it's a new segment for us here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for uh, finding that, Glenn. We know all about Groundhog Day and Puxatawney Field, the prognosticator of prognosticators. Some of you have uh, commented on my... Uh, predictions on this show. I should say our predictions on this show. I'm not the only one who makes predictions on this show, but uh, frankly, and this is, please do not interpret uh, this as a victory lap. I'm not uh, spiking the football, (laughs) but we have been telling you guys for about three weeks now what was going to happen with this election. And uh, frankly, it is unfortunate, but it is what it is. I think we now have to look to the future and figure out how we deal with the situation at hand. We have to live, as uh, Glenn and I have discussed on the program many times, we live in the real world. We have to, we want to live in realville, and it's not doing any service to you guys to continue to uh, push ideas or strategies that just don't have any hope of realization. Speaking of other prognostications and predictions and others telling us what's going to happen, we're joined in the studio at the moment by Mr. Don Bound. Don, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, I didn't have any of that fog cutter that came in over the air. A little well, you, need, you need some fog cutter this morning. <laughs> I'm, I'm still enjoying my uh, Starbucks uh, French roast. We, we drink, actually, we get the coffee from Kirkland. Kirkland is good. Costco, as Glenn was saying, I know. He was just. Cheers, baby. Yeah, absolutely. So, in the uh, prognostication, Glenn, be thinking about your prognostications. Don, Mm -hmm. you're invited to join the party. We've got to officialize this. But I was looking back through some of our past uh, predictions, and I would uh, remind you guys in May, Glenn, did you realize this? Looking back at the show notes from May of. 2020, specifically May 16, 2020, one of the things we discussed on that show was what will we do in November when COVID-19 2.0 returns? And of course, we discussed on that show lockdowns that the, that the uh, political elite would try to lock us in our homes yet again and that it would not work. It did not work the first time and it would not work the second time. Well, where are we? And I, you know, I want to remind you guys. When we first started locking down, it was what? We we're going to flatten the curve, remember? Right. Two weeks in March. Well, yep. So was the heat. We're going to flatten the curve. <laughs> summer was going to get rid of yeah. it, too. And then summer was going to take care of it. But we were just going to be locked down for a short period of time. And now, of course, across the nation, lockdowns going back and forth. Governor Cuomo has outlawed all inside dining. He's destroyed Manhattan. He's mm-hmm. destroyed the restaurant industry in New York. But we talked about that way back in May. And, of course, they tried to cancel Thanksgiving, as we've discussed this morning. They're doing their best, will do their best, to cancel Christmas. No Christmas parties. Now, if you want to go burn a building down with your neighbors, no problem No problem there. So maybe when you go caroling, this is the trick, y'all. little tip, little tip from Saturday Morning Coffee. When you go caroling in your neighborhood with your neighbors, randomly select one house and burn it down. <laughs> Do you think that'll work? You think HHS will sign off on that? I won't be. Uh, will, will I won't CDC, be doing any caroling this year. Will the CDC sign off on that? 
<laughs> so it'll be it'll be a it'll be caroling for social justice. Mm-hmm. So one of the songs will have to be a Bob Dylan tune, and we'll burn a house down. But but, but other than that, you can but, go carol. But Uncle Reese, can can we loot too? If you want to steal one of your neighbor's televisions, okay. by all means, we're gonna do some looting too. Grab a television while you're out. Yeah. And the CDC will approve uh, that activity. Christmas caroling for 2020, as approved <laughs> by the CDC, per. Saturday morning coffee. The other thing that we talked about, interestingly enough, Dr. Dai and um, Don, is that will China be held to account for its role in contributing to the size and extent of this pandemic? This, of course, goes back to May. And I think by now, the firm answer that we have on that is a resounding, you got a prediction, Don? They've actually been helped. With the election. Oh, yeah. Look at who's on their yeah. side. Do you yeah. think Joe Come Biden? Do you think Joe Biden is going to hold China to account? How about Saltwall? How about, how, how, about, how about all of them? They're yeah. all there together. Yeah. So yeah. I think the resounding answer to that question is no, unfortunately. And, of course, uh, it is largely at this point because Joe Biden is going to be sworn in as the, as the next president of these United States, as painful as that is to say. But I'll, I've got a, a prediction for you. This is uh, you guys think about this. Joe Biden will be right. We'll be writing this down, scoring the show. Joe Biden will not serve a complete first term. Agree, disagree, Don. I'm going to say he won't do six months. Six months. No, Don taking it strong. Yeah, I'm at the eight month part. Eight month. Yeah, eight months. My prediction: less than eighteen months. They will use the Twenty Fifth Amendment to get rid of him. Yeah. With this thing coming up with I mean, his he son. Can't put, he can't put a complete sentence together. With his son and his brother and the China and the money. Yeah. How long do you think some of these head Democrats are going to let him stay there? Yeah. And not long. They, I mean, can't, they can't afford to. Kamila is going to be president, and it will happen, I would say, within 24 months of Joe Biden being sworn in. six months. Yeah. So you're even stronger out of in the fact, gate. In fact, he may uh, not even make it to, to uh, January 20th. And let me make another prediction for you. Write this down. At some point during Joe Biden's first term, however long it lasts, or during the first term of Biden-Harris, or Harris-Biden, however you want to look at it, they're going to tear down the wall. Of course. They've already said that. Have they publicly said that? Yeah. Oh, well, you're ahead of the game. Oh, I, yeah. I was going to make that as a prediction. No, that was one of the things he said, that we're going to take the wall down if I become president way back. That was probably six months ago. Uh, you, 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 I, was going to, I was going to give myself credit for a prediction. But, yeah, they will take the wall down. <laughs> any... any any outward and visible sign, this is, the, this is the predictable result of Trump derangement syndrome, Don. Any outward and visible sign that Donald Trump was ever president will, by necessity, be destroyed. They'll be like the Taliban, destroying... And, and they will spend a fortune of our money doing it, yeah. just like they did with the impeachment, just like they've done with all... They have spent a ton of money, wasted a ton yeah. of our money. So they will tell us, this is how it will happen. They will tell us that in the shadow of the wall lives some, you know, red, horny-toned, speckled yeah. salamander yeah. that's an endangered species. Yep. And and in order to protect this, you know, red, speckled, horny-toed salamander, they've got to tear down the wall. And well, the wall will be torn down, the borders will be open, and... They already tried to prevent the wall for some bird watcher. You know, some oh, yeah. bird watching yeah, yeah, going yeah. on. Remember that? Yep, I remember that. You remember talking about uh, different things like the wall and the states and PAC and the courts. Do you remember what Schumer said on national TV? Oh, yeah. About Georgia? If yeah. we win. If, Georgia. 
when we were talking about all these things that they didn't want to have and Trump yeah. did and it was good for the country, he stood on national TV and said, if we win the White House and the Senate, everything is on the table. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything, that scares the hell out of me. And I think, uh, Don, that's why we have to be reminded that there is a resistance. There is a core of, and, and I, when I say core, I mean 70, 80 million people. There is a core of Americans who believe that freedom is the path to uh, progress, progress, that, that we are our best when we are our most free. And those people will have to stand up. They, they cannot sit out the next four years. Well, what brought us into this problem is we've been asleep at the wheel. We let the other people, the Democrats, they come and do whatever they want, and we just sit back because we're the good guys. Yeah. Trump came along and showed us we can't keep doing this. Yeah. Because we're never going to have another Donald Trump, good, bad, or indifferent. We yeah. have to stand up and fight like you say. So here's another question I have for you in the way of predictions for this Punxsutawney Phil segment. The question that I have, uh, Don, Trump was quoted this week as saying at the White House, it's been a great four years. We are hoping for four more, but if not, we will see you in 2024. So my question, it, it raises me, uh, in my mind, the question, do we... And I'm not answering the question. I'm simply asking it. I'd be very curious to hear your opinion. Do we want Trump to run again in 2024? Do we, or do we need a new standard bearer for the Republican Party, but not just the party, but for conservatives, for people who believe in, in liberty and freedom? Uh, do we want some fresh blood? And if so, who would that be? What do you think? Well, my thought on that, uh, Reese, is this. If there was somebody that would come along that didn't have their hand in the cookie jar, and we could prove it, then I would say, okay. Yeah. But as of, as of everything I've read and understand, yeah. I don't know who's corrupt and who isn't. That's already on the inside. I don't know who that will be. My uh, prediction at the moment, subject to further thought, is uh, I think Trump will be back in 2024. Well, I think he's going to be three years. I See, I guess what really has to happen, and yeah. we all, at least you and I and a bunch of us on our side is going to know, we know what's going to happen. Biden is going to start tearing apart this country with Harris. And we're starting to see that already. But we're going to really get to see it in the first two or three months after January. Yeah. And when that happens, we're going to want something. And, and our thirst for, for something to save us is going to jump right out there. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk more about that, folks. Uh, thanks for sticking with us on Saturday Morning Coffee. We've got to go to an obscene profit timeout. But we'll be back after these words with more Saturday Morning Coffee with Don Bound and Reese Boyd. I'll be right back. Don't leave town. Talk Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Are you missing those date nights? Picnics in the park and outdoor dining? Then I have a dining experience just for you. Crepe Creation Cafe on DeVille Street in the Market Common. Enjoy casual indoor and outdoor dining, takeout, and curbside delivery. Larry and the chef at Crepe Creation Cafe create unique, healthy, and absolutely delicious recipes just for you. Crepe Creation Cafe in the Market Common. 
Woman. Open seven days a week. Sweet and savory for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert. Visit CrepeCreation.com. Hi, everybody. It's attorney Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour here on WTKN. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law here in Myrtle Beach. These are certainly trying and uncertain times for individuals, families, and businesses here along the Grand Strand. Please know that our team of professionals at Davis and Boyd stands ready to assist you with all of your personal and business legal needs. So if we can assist you in any way, give us a call at 839-9800. That's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. Hey guys, it's Kimberly Elka with Elka Spas Billiards and Pools. We want to wish you the Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you so much for being loyal customers and visiting with Elko. For Christmas, come in and visit with us. You won't have any delays in shipping because we have it in stock. It's here. We have walls and walls of newly stocked darts and dart supplies and pool sticks and pool player supplies. We have pool tables. We also have foosball and ping pong and shuffleboard. We have also really cute things for the hot tubber in your life and swimmer. We have hot tubs on display, all kinds of unique gifts for young and old, anything you can use to relax. Our hours are 9 to 6. We are on 4718 Highway 17 Bypass South, also called Northgate Boulevard, on the southbound side of the Market Commons Bridge. The website is elkospas.com. It's E-L-K-O-S-P-A-S.com. It's Kimberly Elko with Elko Spas Billiards and Pools. Isn't it time to relax? Hey, let's find out why everyone's saying let's go to Elko. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk ninety four point five. One, two, three. A dark-haired girl in a Cadillac, a main street of an old forgotten town. And sunlight shines and fine white lines on weathered stores with open signs. They may as well just close them down. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.36 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us. Little Turnpike Troubadours for you on your Saturday morning. Open stores with weathered signs. May as well just shut them down. That's probably true now that Joe Biden is going to be president. Tell you, we were celebrating the power of prognostication in our Puxitani Phil segment just before the break, a little more prognosticating that I wanted to share with you guys, a couple of pieces that will uh, give you something to think about. And, and frankly, and uh, by the way, joined here in the studio by my special guest host today, Don Bound. Don's with us. The, Don, thanks for sticking with us here on the show. And, uh, and as always, Dr. Glenn Dye, man in the boards. Thank you, uh, Dr. Dye. This from the Wall Street Journal. Don, be curious to hear your thoughts on this. Pennsylvania has already suffered one interminable mail vote delay in 2020. Now, bear in mind, folks, this was published on Saturday, November the 12th, excuse me, Saturday, September the 12th, 2020. Pennsylvania already suffered one interminable mail-in vote delay in 2020, and a repeat in November could draw the entire country into a legal brawl while putting the rest of the presidential election into serious doubt. How about heading off 
this too predictable debacle before it happens. A week after the June 2nd primary, about half the counties in the Keystone State were still tallying ballots. On June 11, Philadelphia alone had 42,000 votes uncounted. President Trump won Pennsylvania in 2016 by 44,000 votes. If Mr. Trump and Joe Biden run neck and neck in November, how long might Pennsylvania keep the Electoral College hanging? In the campaign's closing weeks, arriving mail votes will pile up in local offices, but state law says they can't be processed until 7 a.m. on Election Day. This wasn't enough preparation to give timely results when 1.5 million residents voted absentee in June. And it won't be enough in November. Tight deadlines are a problem. Pennsylvania can request a mail-in ballot as late as 5 p.m. on October 27. For votes to count, they must arrive at local election offices by 8 p.m. on November 3rd. The, the partisan Pennsylvania Supreme Court later intervened, of course. The state legislature uh, and extended that deadline. In some states, straggling ballots are valid if they're postmarked by Election Day. Pennsylvania has no similar provision, but Democrats are asking the state Supreme Court to conjure one up, which they did. The state legislature, again, Pennsylvania, run by Republicans, is moving with a bill for fixing the mess under the House proposal, which passed, yada, 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 I won't get into the weeds on that. The same, the, the, the bottom line, the tragedy, the, the tragedy here is that all of this was imminently predictable. Folks, based on the present trend, this is the closing of this op-ed piece that, again, published in September by the, on the pages of the Wall Street Journal. But on the present trend, in a close presidential race, we are headed toward a vote-counting mess in which both sides claim victory. Don't rule out furious supporters of the candidates battling in the street. If you think this isn't possible in America... You haven't been paying attention in this year's Summer of Love. This, again, folks, published on the Wall Street Journal back in September. And then real briefly, I want to share with you one even more amazing piece of literature. This, you guys probably don't read law review articles every day. I don't read law review articles every day, and I'm a lawyer. This is a law review article that was published uh, by, Dr. Ed, Dr., by, uh, by Edward Foley, uh, Foley is uh, a law professor, I believe, at Ohio State. Um, he is the Ebersole Chair in Constitutional Law and Director of Election Law at Moritz of the Ohio, at the Ohio State University Moritz College of Law. This article was written in 2019 and was published in May of 2020. Now listen to this. It is, again, these words published in a law review article in May. It is election night 2020. The time it is all eyes on Pennsylvania, as whoever wins the Keystone State will win an Electoral College majority. Trump is ahead in the state by 20,000 votes, and he is tweeting, the race is over. Another four years to keep making America great again. The AP and the networks have not yet declared Trump a winner. Although 20,000 is a sizable lead, they have learned in recent years that the numbers can shift before final official certification of election results are in. They are afraid of calling the election for Trump only to find themselves needing to retract the call, as they embarrassingly did 20 years earlier in 2000. Trump's Democratic opponent, and then there's a blank because at this point in time, we didn't know who the Democratic nominee was going to be. Trump, Trump's Democratic opponent, fill in the blank, whichever candidate you prefer, 
I will pick Elizabeth Warren, since at the moment she is the front runner. So when this guy wrote this article, Elizabeth Warren, of all things, Pocahontas was the woman to beat, is not conceding that Trump's Democratic opponent, Warren, is not conceding, claiming the race still too close to call. Does any of this sound familiar? This was written. We knew it a year ago. This was written way back in 2019. Both candidates in the night without going in front of the cameras. In the morning, new numbers show Trump's lead starting to slip. And by noon, it is below 20,000. Impatient, Trump holds an impromptu press conference and announces, I have won re-election. The results last night show that I won Pennsylvania by over 20,000 votes. Those results were complete with 100% of precincts reporting. As far as I'm concerned, the results are final. I'm not going to let machine politicians in Philadelphia steal my re-election victory from me or from my voters. Despite Trump's protestations, the normal, normal process of canvassing election returns continues and updated returns continue to, tr- to show Trump's lead slipping away. First, it drops below 15,000, then 10,000, then 5,000. As this happens, Trump's tweets become increasingly incensed and incendiary. Stop the theft right now. You heard that? Stop the theft right now. Don't let them steal this election from you. Protesters take to the streets in Pennsylvania and elsewhere. So far, the demonstrations, while rancorous, have remained nonviolent. Amid police protection, the canvassing process in Pennsylvania continues, and Trump's lead diminishes even further. Then, several days later, the lead flips. Now Warren is ahead in Pennsylvania, first by only a few hundred votes, then by a couple of thousand. Then the AP networks continue to declare the race too close to call, and it's Warren's turn to take the cameras to declare victory. Trump insists the, thump will, the, the, the theft will not stand. We're not, you're not taking our victory. So begins the saga over a disputed result of the 2020 presidential election. The scenario is certainly plausible. This, I'm continuing with the Law Review article. Pennsylvania is pivotal, and he goes on to explain all the flaws in the system with canvassing and mail-in ballot that make this type of scenario a likelihood. What do you think, Don? How, how is it that this was so eminently predictable, and yet you had these prognosticators of prognosticators? I mean, again, this is, this is something that uh, Professor Foley wrote in 2019. I mean, how did we let this happen? Well, we all knew this was going to happen, Reese. We've been talking about it. It's been everywhere. How did they get away with it, I guess, is more my question is. We, we can read everything that they've been saying for a year, what Trump has said. They still got away with it. The courts legislated from the bench. The legislators in Pennsylvania didn't legislate anything. Yeah. As an attorney, how can that happen? How can they do? How can the courts do that legally? Well, you know, one of the things that we see in this uh, race, Don, is the the impact of federalism and the, the fact that if we're going to preserve freedom and liberty at in this country, we're going to have to. We're, we we can do it in Congress. We must do it in Congress. We must elect people to Congress who will stand up for the rule of law, for individual liberty, personal responsibility, and and constitutional liberty and freedom they must we must fill the congress with those people you and i have talked about that but the corollary to that what goes along with that we have to fill the state houses of each individual state this is also a state problem and it's got to be fixed at the state level where is the pennsylvania legislature 
It's a Republican legislature. Where are they? That's my point. Is where are they? Can't I mean, they call a special? Can't can't they do something? I'm not sure what the term is, but they can't. Call, the governor can't, could call a special election. As a matter of fact, the Supreme Court said if somebody's going to step in and redo those electors, the legislature should do it. And that's my point. Why aren't they? What are they afraid of? What are the Republicans There's afraid a, of? There is a certain anatomical limitation that some people suffer from. Many politicians suffer from it. It's called uh, cojones de minimis. Are you very, familiar, very, are you familiar us, with cojones de minimis? Of course I am. <laughs> well, we've got... We've Explain got it again. <laughs> many politicians who suffer from cojones de minimis, folks. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> What is that, sir? Uh, it's tiny balls. Uh, tiny balls. <laughs> tiny balls. Tiny bubbles. <laughs> Folks, we'll be right back uh, with more Don Bound and more Dr. Glenn Dye. I'm Reese Boyd. Stick with us. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. I chose this song. <laughs> Excellent choice. Burning by down the, way. the house. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. And more coming up next on Talk 94.5. So you're thinking about selling your home or you've got plans to do some home improvements? Let's get your home inspected by the pros. Pro Home Inspection Services. Here's just some of the things Emerson Treffer will inspect. Moisture, air quality, infrared, HVAC vents, electrical panels, outlets, air leakages, around your doors and windows, water pressure, gas leaks, even even roof inspections. Emerson Treffer of Pro Home Inspection Services has over 40 years of inspection experience, residential and commercial. He is also qualified as an expert witness in various federal, state, and county courts. Home inspections are a great way to check things out before you begin projects. It's not just for selling or buying a home. Get started with Pro Home Inspections sc.com that's pro home inspections sc.com toyotathon is on at sparks toyota these are deals so nice you'll check them twice how about no payments for up to 90 days how about some holiday bonus cash how about deals like these the new 2021 rav4 le Lease it for just $259 a month and $500 holiday bonus cash. Or get it for 0% interest for 48 months and the $500 holiday bonus cash. The new 2021 Toyota Corolla. Lease it for $179 a month plus get $500 holiday bonus cash. The new 2020 Toyota Camry. 0% interest for 60 months plus $1,000 holiday bonus cash. Toyota Thon. It's on. No payments. Up to 90 days. Holiday bonus cash and a limited lifetime powertrain warranty with every new car from Sparks. On Highway 501, Sparks Toyota. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is unbelievably 8.50 on your Saturday morning. You've done it again. You've whiled away another otherwise productive two hours listening to us ramble on. I hope you've enjoyed the discussion. hope it's been helpful and enlightening. We always uh, aim to inform, enlighten, and entertain want to give a shout out want to thank don for joining us here in the studio this morning thank you don you're welcome thank you for having me yes sir uh want to give a shout out also to those of you who have checked in on the uh on the pcrxcomputers.com text line this morning uh quite a few of you have checked in and we haven't uh, we haven't gotten to everybody yet because we just frankly had so much to talk about and uh bill barrett checking in tell don number 1303 checking in send him a video about this uh Medicine and doctors he's using since August, yada, yada, yada. Won't get into your personal uh, medical there, but it sounds uh, great, Bill. And uh, thanks for checking in. The Climbers checking in. And Durham checking in on the PCRXcomputers.com text line, reminding us that there's uh, a fair amount of relief, tort relief, in the uh, Operation Warp Speed. So not really clear that folks are going to be able uh, to sue if the vaccines are not uh, as they are advertised, which is a very good point. Um, the climbers asking a very good question: Why did we go to Vietnam? And you know, we talked about this on Friday, and I think you were in the studio. Yes, uh, I was. You know, yeah, we are. Uh, yeah. You know, these these questions are not unimportant. You know, the the question for me is: You know, why did my grandfather go ashore? Why did he risk his life to go ashore on D-Day? Because freedom is worth protecting. Freedom is worth preserving. If if he had not, if he and hundreds of thousands of others had not made those the same decisions, we would be speaking German right now. And how many times over the course of this country has that happened? Yeah. Mil- millions. World War II. Millions I was of in decisions. Vietnam era, yeah. and I raised my hand, I went in, and I was proud to serve. Amen, and thank you for that. Um, yeah. uh, so that, that's why we fight, folks, because freedom is worth protecting. We, as human beings, were born in the image of God, and we were born to be free. And if you don't live free, then life is not worth living. And uh, that is why we fight. Art uh, also checking in on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. They don't consider Bell's palsy a serious side effect. Yeah, that's uh, another interesting point, Art. Don't know that they do. Be very curious to see how this all plays out. Jesse the Horseman uh, checking in as well. Pro-Trumpers block interstates into and out of Atlanta today. I have not heard that, Jesse, but that's an interesting point. We'll check that out. Um, Gordon, the golf guy, checking in. Gordon, thank you for checking in. And, yes, uh, Gordon has won a mug, and it's on its way to him. Gordon, we'll get that to you. Andy, the, uh, uh, Andy Thompson checking in and uh, burning down the house. Good, uh, good choice there. Thank you, Andy, for checking in. Bobby the Vapor, as we've said, checking in. Augie, the golf course guy, checking in. And also Will and Margaret checking in early this morning. So, so thanks to all of you guys uh, for checking in today on the, uh, on the text lines. We've enjoyed having you with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Also want to give a shout-out to two of our loyal listeners who reached out to me this week, Louis, Louise Pierce and Marge Prickett, two of our uh, dedicated and loyal listeners. And uh, it's, um, we're in the, uh, what we call the parting wisdom segment of uh, the show, folks. And I want to share as a parting gift to you a little jewel of wisdom from the interwebs that uh, the crack research team at uh, Saturday Morning Coffee identified. Someone sent that one of them sent me this little jewel uh, this week. It did not end with the slaying of the 300 at Thermopylae. It began. It did not end 
with another crucifixion at Golgotha. It began. It did not end at Ford's Theater. It began. It did not end at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis. It began. It did not end at Pearl Harbor. It began. It did not end on 9-11. It began. And here and now, we say again, nothing ended on November 3rd, 2020. This election was not an ending. It was a beginning. Hear us carefully. All ye enemies of freedom, all ye traitors, all ye enemies of the United States of America, foreign and domestic, domestic, nothing has ended. Nothing is ended. Yamamoto knew better than you, you have awakened the American giant and you have filled us with a terrible resolve. And now your end begins. And that is a bit of parting wisdom. Don, what do you think about that parting wisdom? Well, if we don't listen and start doing something now, we're never going to get the country back. And as you know, my Red Hat movement's been around for five years. And thank you, uh, Jesse, and, and thank you, Bill, and thank you for sending me some texts this morning. I appreciate it. Red Hats, as most of you know, is not going to go away. We've yeah. just begun to fight. And if there's one thing that I have now resolved myself to understand is we need each other more now than we ever have, and Red Hats will stand there. We'll stand for the freedoms that we so rightfully deserve. Yeah. We have to keep up the fight, Don. We need, and We're we not going to quit. We have to take courage, as, uh, as uh, William Shakespeare would say, screw your courage to the sticking post. As long as there's con- conservative up. people like you on the radio... We still have hope. Yeah. But when they silence us, like they did with the president, what they're doing with YouTube, if they succeed and they silence us, we've lost everything for our grandkids forever. Yeah. And it's a multi-front war. We've got several Many fronts. Th- yeah. Several fronts, fronts, several fronts to fight. Easy to say. Yeah. <laughs> a little tongue twister there. But we've got to we've got to press the fight, Don. And Red Hats is not going away, correct? No, we're not going away. We're we're teaming up to even do something better like Red Hats America is is in the in the fold. We're just trying to put it together and make it work, but uh, we will do that. Yeah. And folks, I, I want to say again, as I said at the beginning of the show, my hope ultimately is in Christ. And uh, I know ultimately that we serve a sovereign God who is in charge of the affairs of men and nations. And he is sovereign over this moment, just as he has been sovereign over every moment before. And so we will press on, folks. We will keep up the good fight. We will not lose hope. And we will continue to fight for freedom until our dying breath. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Thank you, Don Baum. Thank you, Dr. Glenn Dye. Y'all be blessed. Have a great Saturday. We'll see you next week with more Saturday Morning Coffee. Take care.
waking up with Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.